Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Sarah Bragg is not only our dear friend, but she's the host of the podcast Surviving Sarah, along with being a master at brewing coffee and a champion of cheering for others, which we have sure been a beneficiary of. She's also a mother of two girls and a wife to Scott. She and her family reside in Tennessee. You can find more from Sarah at sarahbragg.com and Sarah W. Bragg on Instagram. And Sarah also hosted the first two seasons of our podcast, and we couldn't have gotten this fun little Raising Boys and Girls party started without her. So we're sure grateful and glad for you to get to hear her voice. Sarah, being with you, this feels like a reunion. I know. I know. And the tables are turned. I know. We may not I'm know not what to do. I'm not asking questions, right? <laughs> so fun. I'm in the hot seat. And we get to hear you talk more, which is even <laughs> more fun. It is. And so good to see you. And and something that I don't think we've ever told on this, but we need to give credit where credit is due. The truth of the matter is that if it weren't for this dear lady right here, like we'd have never started a podcast. We just talked and talked and talked about ideas, and we'd have no clue where to plug the microphone in or how in the <laughs> world to get a file to where it needed to be. And you were the very friend who sat with us and yeah. brainstormed around, what would it look like for us to have this conversation? And I'll help you all figure out how to yeah. do this in the most generous way. And yeah. We Thank couldn't you. have been more mm-hmm. thankful. I was that so excited. Sure. I know. I remember having the idea. Like, would you guys ever want? I mean, this might be weird, but yeah, so fun. And, yeah. and I remember the first time I met you on Surviving Sarah, mm-hmm. and y'all had met in person already. Yes, and David said, "I met this girl that you're gonna love." Yeah. And then I was right, wasn't you I? You were right, totally. <laughs> and sitting on my bed with my little AirPods in, and, and Lucy had just you. had surgery. I think it's why oh. you were like in your bed. Yes. Yeah. One of her many at this I, point. <laughs> a lot of history. A lot, a lot of, good, of history. Good history. Yes. I know. And so fun, not just to be sitting here and having this conversation with you, but celebrating your book. Yes. And Crazy. Yes. How in keeping it is with this great conversation that we want to always be having with parents about mm. learning. And I'd love to even start there before I throw the first question at you of just saying, when do you think the idea even first came to you? Well, like I've always loved writing and I published my first book when I was 27 and then I stopped writing when I had kids. It was that hard season of, I think it was a combination, kind of a one-two punch of having kids and that was so hard and I didn't know how to connect words to form sentences anymore. (laughs) Compared with, I went through like a professional rejection at the time Mm. that had to do with writing. So the one-two punch of that, I was like, well, I just 
I'm just not going to write anymore. It was over 10 years before I wrote again in this capacity as far as the books. But I feel like, though, it had been brewing in me for a long time, and it took many years to get back to going, yeah, I do want to say something again. But I think the birth of the podcast, you know, Surviving Sarah now is like six years old. I keep referring to it lately as the grandma of podcasts. I'm like, we've been, I'm like <laughs> a been grandma around. with a lot of life and vitality right, a lot still. Of a lot of fresh, good information. That's right. Yes. And I think using my voice again, it then solidified, yeah, like there's things that you want to say again and living a lot of life and gaining mm. a lot of wisdom just with raising my girls. And so mm. that's really where I think it began to birth was through starting the podcast and using my voice in that way and then just going, gosh, I'm really growing up here and I Mm. really want to share some of those things. Mm. Well, and on that note of wisdom, the wisdom of thus the title of the book, that it's not just us raising kids, but them raising us and Mm, that they turn us into grownups. Right. Mm. I mean, truly, raising my girls has been the biggest catalyst of growth for me out of anything else. It is constant growth. And I think it was, I spent so many years of their little lives when they were little, trying to just focusing on raising them and being so frustrated at going, I did X, Y, and Z. And the math is if you do this plus that, you're supposed to equal this. And none of it was panning out. And I felt like I wasn't raising them. It was just going, what is happening? But then when I started to took a look at myself, then I realized I was actually growing up a lot because it was forcing me to look at the things that I was trying to raise them in and go, oh, well, if I think that is true for them, do I think that's true for me? Like, am I being that kind of person that I want them to become? And so those are the things that then really started growing me up. We're, we're looking at those kind of things. So I think it's very true. It really I is more about that, raising ourselves than oh. raising our people. Yeah. Makes me so excited (laughs) for moms to get their hands on it. Yeah. Will you tell them just what the title is? Yeah, it's called A Mother's Guide to Raising Herself, What Parenting Taught Me About Life, Faith, and Myself. Wow. And it's based on different phrases that I started teaching my girls, most of them. Some of them were things that just deal with me specifically, but different phrases. And then I, you know, phrases like, be kind to yourself, Mm. or you are loved because of who you are, not despite of who you are. All these things that I was saying to them going, well, do I think that about myself? Do I really own that, like that piece of growth and wisdom for myself? And if I didn't, it was like, okay, I need to start doing what I can do to grow up in that way. And that's why I feel like at the end of the day, I've been really raising myself all along. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm so excited too. I'm sure there are other women that popped into your Mm -hmm. brain of people that you want to be like that helped you too as you were growing up. Who would you say some of those are and why? Well, I definitely think, you know, my mom has been very influential Mm -hmm. in me. Someone, now that we just moved back a couple months ago to really my family's farm, we we literally live like next door to their property. And someone's like, oh, like friends who are coming to visit are going, Oh, not only do I see like your physical similarities, but like your humor. I get it. Mm. Like I see where you get your humor. My mentor who who she's been mentoring me since I was about 20, Kelly Hall, mm. she has been someone who I've watched raise her kids and she and her husband Stuart, I've loved them and Kelly's just been such a great person to speak such 
hard truth into me at times mm. and helpful truth and helping me to make decisions for myself, not decisions for others, which I feel like I still struggle with that. But for sure in my early 20s and into my late 20s too, I've just you know, wanting to make decisions for everybody else. And so watching her raise her kids, and now her kids are all out of college or graduating college, she's been super influential to me. Mm. Can I say Brene Brown? I don't know her, but can we just put that out there in the universe that I'll meet her? (laughs) But I do think she's been one of the people that has helped raise me the most of the, the timing of when I was really starting to recognize that I needed to raise myself here, Mm. especially in light of where I want my girls to go and who they want them to become. I feel like finding her books were such a timely thing to Mm. help me process things about vulnerability and authenticity and belonging and all of that. So she's been a really influence in my life as well, Mm. just from afar. Some great books. Indeed. And even building on that, hearing you talk some about people who've been influential, I'd love to ask you too, just about what have been some guiding principles Mm -hmm. for you as a parent. What would you say have been two or three? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones for me is to keep the end in mind. And so as I'm parenting, it's been really helpful for me to picture my girls as like 30-year-olds. Wow. And to go, okay, this is who they're becoming. Like, it's easy for me to just get really <laughs> focused on who they are right now and the, the craziness that they are. And so if when I picture them as a 30-year-old and I go, what kind of relationship do I want them to have with themselves? What kind of relationship do I want them to have with others? So mm-hmm. if they have a partner in life, like, what kind of person will they become? And it helps me to make some decisions now, not out of fear, but out of oh, okay, this is hopeful of who they could become. And so I think that's probably one of the biggest ones is just keeping the end in mind. I think another one is shame, not adding shame, not adding any unnecessary shame to them. So especially in regards to faith or regards to their own just humanness of who they are, um, really trying to reshape how they talk about themselves. So if I'm hearing statements like, I am the worst, Mm. you know, saying, no, you don't talk about yourself that way. Like, what would you say to yourself that you would say to a friend? Is that what you would say to your friend? Like, oh, you're right. You totally suck at art. That's one of the things. So we literally just had that conversation last week. And she's like, of course not. I'm like, well, speak to yourself Mm. the way that you would speak to your friend. And so not adding those, I am this awful person, or I am this thing, you might have done something, so you can feel that guilt that you did something, but it doesn't make you this bad something, Mm. this bad someone. And so I feel like that is something that I've been, that really guides how I parent and what I choose to say to them. Another one is just love your neighbor as yourself. I feel like Mm. that really is a big thing. I really think you can only love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Mm. And so the more that you can take care of yourself and show up for yourself, the more you'll be there to show up for someone else. Mm. And so that's another guiding one. I don't know if you guys are Ted Lasso people. Yes, we are. And so the quote that he gave, Walt Whitman, quote, be curious, not judgmental. Mm. That's another really big guiding one, just pushing on curiosity. And Mm. when you're curious about people, I really do think all it does is build empathy and perspective and if we can be curious about someone, it really does remove that judgment. And so that's mm. a hard one. I get that one, I feel like, really well with 
outside people. And that's a really hard one to be in my own little personal, like family unit. Sometimes I'm like, are you really like (laughs) telling the truth? Are you like, I want to assume the worst. I'm just like constantly fighting on myself not to be Mm. that way. And so I I just run it in my head all the time. Be curious, be curious, Mm. ask questions, assume the best, like be curious, not judgmental. Mm. Um, Makes me so excited for your girls. I mean, just thinking about sitting with girls every day who are so hard on themselves and so many different things to be getting those messages over and over. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Did you know that Minnow has an award-winning children's Bible written by VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer? The Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is more than a children's Bible storybook. It's a deep, engaging, and whimsical gospel experience. Each Bible story is vividly illustrated, takes just minutes to read, and includes a family connection to encourage readers to learn, talk, and pray together. Find out more at shop.gomeno.com. That's shop.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. David told a story. It might have been in Are My Kids on Track that season about your boys, how you like sat down at dinner every night and you told them like, ask your mom how her day was. Mm, yes. And then finally at like age like 15 or 16, like <laughs> <laughs> he asked her how her day was. And I was like, okay, David said that worked for them. I'm just going to keep saying it. We're hopefully going to get there. <laughs> I love how focused it feels like you are for parents on self-care, for moms on self-care, yeah. because we just have talked so much about how we have never sat with as many weary, defeated moms. Oh. And obviously, your parenting journey has helped you have that perspective. So looking back, if you could say something to yourself as a Mm. new mom, what would you want to say to yourself? There's so many things, I think, I would probably want to say to myself. I mean, one is, this is going to be hard, Mm. but you can do it. And hard doesn't equal wrong. Mm. And easy doesn't equal right. And just because it's hard doesn't mean you aren't supposed to be a mom. I think for my early years, it was so hard. I didn't know how to do anything. And I'm such an achiever. And you never achieve anything in motherhood. Never. Mm. It's like every day starts over and you're like, oh my goodness, like we didn't even finish yesterday. And now we've got a whole new list going on. And I think I just was like, this is so hard that... I maybe I just wasn't supposed to be a mom. Like this isn't in my strength finders results. This isn't, (laughs) it's not in my Enneagram either. And instead it was going, it's okay that it's hard. It doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't Mm. mean that you weren't wired to be a mom or to care for these girls, but you can do hard things. Mm. And I think that's a big thing I would have said to myself. On that note, when something is so hard and it's when people are so hard, I think I really struggled with having a fixed mindset as a early parent, and it's something that I feel like I'm really trying to unlearn and relearn still, and it's just hard. Is that I wish that I had a growth mindset with my girls from an mm-hmm. early age of going, they're just two. It's okay that they're just two. And I think that's a big thing I feel like I've learned from you guys is just, you know, this is who they are developing me at this stage, and this is normal. I don't feel like I had that when my girls were mm. little. Instead, it was going, oh, my goodness, this is awful. They are awful, or we're never going to get out of this. And right. instead going, they're just two, or they're just five, or they're just 12. Mm. And you know, if she rolls her eyes at you one more time, you know, it's okay. This mm. is normal. Like, it's not going to be—it doesn't define her at 30. At 30, it doesn't mean she's going to not 
love me and still roll her eyes at me. Like she might, <laughs> we don't know. Jury's still out. But um, having that growth mindset, mm-hmm. and I think that would have gone a long way because I think my posture towards them might have been a little bit softer when they were little. Um, if I had just accepted, they're just humans. Yeah. And like sometimes, like I know that I get grumpy some days for. Literally no reason. The other day, Scott was like, why are you so... I'm like, I don't know why I'm so grumpy. Just let me be grumpy. But yet my girls are grumpy. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, get over this. Rather than just going, no, they're just human. And sometimes you just have a bad day and that's okay. And I feel like those kind of things would have been helpful to know Mm. as a new mom that it's going to be hard. And just because they're two and they're running over everybody doesn't mean they're going to be in jail one day. Like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Right. Yes. I love that language of just, I wish my posture could have been softer mm-hmm. with great words. I yeah, love that. Me too. We want to turn the tables on you right okay. now. So your podcast, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, is called Surviving Sarah. And you often ask guests a great question about what's helping them survive. Yes. How would you answer that question for yourself in this season? In this season, well, the biggest thing that is helping me survive is the fact that we just moved onto property. Like we have been mm. living in... City living for so long, and I love city living. I love walkability. I love neighbors and all of that. And, you know, 2020, it just turned everything upside down. And so we had an opportunity to move to my home and to live right next door. My parents have, I don't know if it's 7,500-acre farm nursery. Wow. And then we have the three acres next to them and renovated a house right there. And that— has been saving my life for sure. Mm. Just waking up and seeing the views and going for walks through the property and driving a Kubota through creeks and just all of that, just the pace of life to be able to slow down and to breathe and to just take in beauty has for sure been saving me through this season. I love it. It's been so good. And we're getting horses. Wow. So that's a big thing. I know. So like I keep looking out our front kitchen windows going, in one month, I'm going to see horses in this view. Mm. Like, how great is that? And how cool for the girls. I know. They are beside themselves. And it's horses that Sinclair used to ride. Mm. And so that's a sweet thing that she gets to have that like connection. Connection. And so, Mm. yeah, that is it. And will you remind everybody how old the girls are? Yes, Sinclair, gosh, she'll be 13 by the time this airs. Like, she's knocking on the door of 13, so she's seventh grade. Wow. And then Rory is 10. Wow. And if you had to say what they've been teaching you lately. Yeah, I think they've been teaching me courage and resilience, Mm. you know, with moving in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, and it's funny because everybody's like, oh, this is a great time to move because everything's different. But then at the same time, it's kind of an awful time to move because— you don't get to go to schools in a normal way and have events in a normal way. You don't get to like really meet people in a normal sense. Yeah. And they have just shown up scared. Mm-hmm. And we had conversations like, just because you're scared doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Like, you just got to do it. And I told them, you know, making friends is your superpower. Mm-hmm. You are going to make friends. You can't not make friends. That's just your superpower. It's just what happens. And so watching them show up and start school January, you know, 4th or whatever it was right after Christmas break, all new school, not knowing anyone Mm. and doing it anyways, doing it scared. Just, I don't know, it taught me so much about, okay, like whatever's scary right now, you can do it. Mm. Like you just show up. And I kept thinking about, I wrote this down, this quote from 
speaking of Brene, but she said, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up when you can't control the outcome. Mm. And that's what I think my girls are showing me is that it's vulnerable to show up and not know anyone. It's vulnerable to show up and you don't know how this is going to go. But the truth is you just got to show up. Yes. And that's where the courage kind of falls in. And so I think that's what they've really been mm. teaching me lately. Sarah, we have had the great pleasure of sharing a lot of food mm-hmm. with you in our time mm. and right. in our days. A lot of good food. Yes. yes. So you know how we feel about a great taco. That's right. Would you share with us your favorite taco right. in this season? I'm sorry that I'm going to make you hungry. Yes. But it is Super Rica's yes. Hard Tacos. Their ground beef hard tacos. Mm, I had one of those not long ago. Isn't it so good? Yes. You know we have one here now. Yes. So I'm so excited for you guys that you have it. I'm very sad that Chattanooga doesn't have one. Yes. I feel like Ford Fry needs to listen to this podcast and bring one to Chattanooga. Yes, Because I was their like greatest advocate in Atlanta, I think. I think you were. Greatest influencer, if you will. (laughs) Taco influencer. That would be a great title. I am decorating our half bath based on Subarica Buckhead's bathroom. Wow. If that's not a true believer yes. in Ford Fry, I don't know what is. Yes. So great point. Yeah. Yeah. So it is that taco. It is hands down the best. I love it so much. Sarah, as you were talking, I was thinking back about a high school group I had a couple of weeks ago. And my question for them was, what is the message you most need to hear right now? Mm. And I think I asked that because there were some messages I was wanting to hear at the time. (laughs) And I think how often as an adult, the messages I want to hear, I don't think anybody quite knows that's what I want to hear or what I need to hear. And that I've got to learn to say them to myself. Mm -hmm. And so I love what your book is about Mm -hmm. because I feel like not only are you teaching us that concept, but you're giving those very messages Mm -hmm. to us too. So just so grateful and so excited for this book to make its way into the world. And obviously we could not be any more grateful for your voice and your friendship. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. This was fun to be on the other side of it. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family with shows kids love and values parents' trust. Check them out at podcast.gomino.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.